I doubted, like, what do I, a high school math teacher, have to offer, no. you know, uh, a church? You know, sure, I, I was involved. I was doing different things. But it was like, could I be a, an employee? at Like, does that transfer? You know, there's that question. You, you have some doubts mm. because yeah. you spend, I spent over 30 years teaching mathematics. Like, that's a long time mm. doing the same thing. Right. I'm just going to pull, I'm just going to play this back to you. Ready? Um, you know, I've been fishing a long time and, uh, I like really did. I, could I really follow Jesus? Like, like, <laughs> like he used fishermen, tax collectors, right? Of yes, course he's using absolutely. a teacher. Of course he's yeah. using a pharmaceutical salesman, you know, right. he, with a yes, he can do anything. Welcome to the Huntley leadership podcast. Helping leaders be a positive catalyst in the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Hello, and welcome to the Huntley Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Huntley, and I'm excited for this episode. So often in the church, we can be short volunteers, or, or even if we have volunteers, do we have people that are really key, that their commitment's super high, that their faith is super high, and they can share a vision for what we want to see happen in our church, really almost like a volunteer staff position. This is an exciting topic, and my guest today is Colleen Owen. Colleen, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me here, Ron. I'm super excited to, to talk about this with you. It's a really important topic. I remember years ago, I worked with my good buddy, Rob McDowell, and he read mm -hmm. a book called, I think it was called Halftime. And I thought, oh, it sounds like football, but it had nothing to do with football <laughs> or soccer or anything else. And it had to do with that season of life where we transition from our working world mm -hmm. into a deeper, more committed time of impact in the local church. And I just thought, wow, I never heard that before. And then yeah. I know you're living it. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to talk to you today about that and open it up a little bit. And so the first question I want to ask is tell our listeners a little bit about your profession that, that, that you spent your time in your work mm -hmm. world doing and what made you decide to come and engage in a far deeper way in the church? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was young and, and I got into, I got into teaching and mm -hmm. of course, um, I never gave it a second thought. It was just kind of something I, I felt called to do. And, and in my years of teaching, I, I really love to mentor new teachers. I was department head for a time. I was a math coach uh, with the uh, school board for a little while. And um, I always had this desire just to um, not only develop students, but develop um, colleagues as well. And um, so I really had a um, just a real desire for leadership and um, maximizer is one of my top five strengths. So I always <laughs> like to make things from good to excellent. And, um, <laughs> and, and then uh, I really, the Lord wasn't involved a whole lot early in my career. Um, sure. I had a conversion uh, a, to a personal relationship with the Lord when I was 40. So that was 15 That's, years oh, ago. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. wow. So, huh. 
God was shaping me in this way. I didn't even know for what purpose. Uh, my yeah. husband devoted Catholic and we raised our, raised our children Catholic, um, yeah. you know, went through all the sacraments. But but I really was just kind of going through the motions. Um, mm. I had grown up in a Catholic family um, and it was just kind of normal to me. But mm -hmm. um, when I was 40, I had a chance to go back to confession uh, um, after not being there for a long time. And, uh, the Lord used that crack that I gave him to really just, uh, come into my life. And in the last 15 years, um, it's just been a constant journey of getting to know the Lord better and serving him. And, um, and, and so ideally what, what happened was, uh, my, my pastor, Father Brian Sabarin, uh, in the last five years or so saw me serving. I, I kind of have volunteeritis anyways, but I was through now I had volunteeritis and God at my side, you know, prompting me. So yeah. now I'm like yeah. all into the church. He saw right. that and he knew without asking me my age, <laughs> I might be nearing retirement. And so right. he built into me as a disciple in the church. And then we had that conversation. Hey, what's post-retirement look like for you? You know, mm. and, uh, and, and really that's what I would say was key is that my pastor noticed my willingness and to serve in my discipleship and and really invested in that, knowing mm. that there was potential um, post-retirement to serve in a bigger wow. way in the church. So there's a few things going on in, the, in what you just shared. And thank you for that, by the way. First mm -hmm. one is we don't need to do Alpha. We just need to do more confessions because that changed your life. That's, <laughs> that excites me to know. Well, it's not it funny how wonderful how God can, his sovereign work, he can smoke us anytime, anywhere, honestly. any place, through any means. And I just love him so much because the story's just like that. Because it's tell such you, a powerful my, sacrament. At the time when I went to confession, uh, a month later, my pastor invited me to serve on our first alpha team. And I oh, kind of said to my... him, do you remember the conversation where I kind of said, I don't really believe in God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and that also, um, fueled my journey. It was a, yeah. it was a safe space for me to start journeying, you know? Mm. So it was a, yeah, a component. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. I just, and, and mm. yeah, a, a church I think done well needs to have multiple on ramps and then multiple ways mm -hmm. to disciple people. Yeah. yeah it's just so sure. beautiful. And and so the other thing I'm I'm hearing too, is that father Brian, you know, he's on the mm -hmm. lookout for people of capacity who, right. who he believed in. Cause you know, we're all equal mm -hmm. in the eyes of the Lord in terms of our dignity and our worth and our value. But some people are Absolutely. going to simply have more influence than others. And it's okay. Uh, we mm -hmm. need leaders. And, mm -hmm. and so he was on the lookout for leaders by the sounds of it. Yeah, we actually have a second person who's come on. I'm unpaid staff, but we have a second mm -hmm. person who's come on as a full-time volunteer in the office as well. And so under mm -hmm. mission support. And so he retired recently as well. And didn't Father Brian uh, throw out the hook and catch him as well? <laughs> so we right, now yeah. have two, two kind of full um, part-time. Both of us are part-time serving here in mm -hmm. the office. Yeah. Wow. And so 
What's the difference between being a you know an active volunteer and mm-hmm. uh, an unpaid staff? Yeah. So I actually, um, when I was asked to come on board, I, part of it is a commitment thing. I mean, I've signed Mm -hmm. a contract. I actually signed a one year Mm -hmm. contract, um, which had my duties and responsibilities all laid out for me. Um, it had my qualification, just like a job application would had the qualifications, um, goals set for the year. So I, I actually am treated like a regular, uh, staff, except for I'm not Mm. taking home a salary, but God took care of that. Uh, he called me into teaching and gave me a pension. And so, uh, I'm very blessed to have that and that I can offer back, not worrying about, um, where, where my next meal is going to come from or anything. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so I actually follow all the expectations and uh, goals mm. that are set for staff, um, the same as any paid staff would be, and right. sign a contract with the archdiocese. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm guessing that with that, because, you know, Father Brian's not at that parish anymore. Is that no, correct? Is no, he, he's, yeah. he's moved on to Ottawa and does ongoing formation with the Companions of the Cross. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. What's so neat about your situation is, yeah, your parish is is uh, is run by the Companions of the Cross. So there's mm-hmm. a whole leadership movement in that order. I just love the Companions. Really and, mm-hmm. and, and so so what he was able to set up, these guys would be able to appreciate and come on board mm-hmm. and then begin and continue in this vein, which, you know, most parishes are listening and saying, what? Like every time yeah. a new priest comes in, the new guy thinks the old guy was a dud and changes everything. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Lots of foundations in place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are a little bit different that way, which is so beautiful. But I'm guessing with that too, like, does, does your parish invest in staff or is it, here's your job description, go do your job, get out of my way. That gives (laughs) me to do everything I want to do. Or like, how does it work? What's the culture like? So, so interesting enough, um, before I came on as unpaid staff, I was chairing the pastoral council here at our Mm -hmm. parish and, uh, And I was starting to explore the idea of um, leadership development in our parish. And so um, I actually, uh, I'm a big Mac Lake. I don't know if you know Mac Lake, but I I read his book and... um, What's it called? It's called The Multiplication Effect. Oh, beautiful. Effect. I'm going to read that. Next time you ask me, do I know Mac Lake? The answer is going to be yes, uh, great. but not and, yet. <laughs> and what's great about Mac Lake is he provides these workbooks with his, you can buy wow. these workbooks and um, he does levels of leadership and building, right. leading self, leading others, leading leaders, not unlike what CCO does in their one, two, three, four sure. kind of thing. Um, anyhow, I had read uh, his book on recommendation from Father Brian, of course, who yeah. constantly was putting literature in my in my hands, and um, <laughs> yeah, and we did a self assessment on our pastoral council about where are we in leadership development in the parish, and we did all this before we kind of, um, you know, we were kind of looking at what what would my role look like, etc., and we realized mm-hmm. that we need to make leadership development purposeful. And so, um, by that self-assessment, which by the way, we didn't score extremely high in, um, we knew that we had to, um, with purpose, do leadership development. So things on my job description are, um, I run an all hands meeting monthly for the staff here. 
Mm-hmm. I support um, leaders of our discipleship pathway. So we have a pathway which is staffed by a lead um, on, on a person on staff, and then I come alongside them to help them uh, with their leadership in the pathway. So it can be anything from helping them build teams to just setting, helping them um, talk about their goals or even provide resources. Uh, for instance, our serve uh, coordinator, I would work with them to maybe we'd talk about what tool do we want to use to assess um you know, the giftedness of people or where they might serve. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also run, um, well, I haven't started my first ones in January, leadership summits at our parish. So that'll be part of my, (laughs) that's part of my role. Um, Yeah. And just uh, also uh, work on staff culture. So those are kinds of things that I, uh, the first thing I did when I arrived was um, after COVID, our staff had gotten used to eating lunch in their offices. And when sure. I arrived, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm very social, as you might have guessed. And uh, and I was going to have my lunch, and I was like, "Where is where is everybody? Where's everybody? You know, where's yeah, where's everybody?" <laughs> so they had this thing. They said, "Well, we were having sad desk lunch," and I was like, "Oh, that's so sad." <laughs> Anyways, so in a series of a few in a few weeks, uh, you know, it just kind of built up. I would go down the hallway and say, come into lunch, come into mm. lunch. Then I would ring this tune, manja, manja. I would just, you know, and so yeah. now uh, we get together as staff, like probably eight or nine of us at the lunch table every day that um, wow. usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it's a great place to grow um, collegiality and just yeah. spend time with each other's people. It's funny you say that, you know, post COVID and the sad lunch, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know there's so like the work world has changed so much. And I know there are yeah. some churches that have just gone with uh, Hey, work remotely. Yeah, and of course. I'm, you know, and if that's working for them, I think that's great. But mm-hmm. the idea of building a, a staff culture, it's one thing if you have an international workforce, but if you have a local workforce and, mm-hmm. and, and, people aren't together regularly and they're just in their silos that might work for a while i wonder how that's going to work out long term like i love what you're doing there Mm -hmm. because it's those things that you took we all took for granted pre-covid that i think brought a lot of health to to relationships and individuals in terms of mental health and stuff but done intentionally like you're doing it can actually be a positive tool for for culture formation and friendships and collegiality, like you say. So mm-hmm. I just want to go back, Colleen, because you said something I just I don't want it to be lost because I'm sure people again went, what? So you're saying you work at a parish where, and I know a lot of the churches that listen, you know, maybe don't even have staff, but right. you guys are fortunate enough to have staff. So you have a staff that are paid in each of those areas of your game plan or pathway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a volunteer staff is the person who runs the meetings and supports the staff. Like I want people to hear that because sometimes (laughs) people say, well, I couldn't get somebody who's a volunteer person to, yes, you can. If they're competent, if they share vision, if they have skills, if they can Mm -hmm. build trust and that's you, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it, when we first started having that conversation, Father Brian and Mm -hmm. I, like, um, 
where will I serve? I knew that the Lord was calling me to serve after I retired. Yes. Uh, I wasn't sure where. And for about two years prior, I would have this conversation with the Lord on a regular basis. Like, Come on. what is it, Lord? Like, what? What do you Did want? Did he make me time for you like that every do? day? Like that's crazy. <laughs> I didn't always hear it. But <laughs> <laughs> you must be important, man. That's that's impressive. Oh, we, <laughs> I, I just have to remember to do listening sometimes, right? I'm more of a talker. Yes. Um, but uh, but Father Brian also, like through conversation, pitched a few ideas. What about this role, or what about that role? What do you think of this? And I would be like. Nope, nope, hmm. nope. That's, you know, I, I, I would take it to prayer and I'd be like, well, I like this aspect of it. I don't like that aspect. We really spent a lot of time kind of fine tuning hmm. what that would look like for me. Right. And um, so it was, it was really great to have that guidance for that when I hmm. did retire. I was so excited to like... Sunday nights yeah. as a teacher are really a drag because you're prepping the week. You've got lots of marking. You've got to right. finish up because you postponed it. But Sunday nights now, I'm like super excited. <laughs> Isn't that cool? How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. so beautiful. It's neat. So God there's some so really good. great. Dis yeah. There's great discernment in that. You know, I, I have some I know some people in my life who who transitioned into retirement. I know several of them have put it off forever. They weren't one bit excited about retirement. And then yeah. others who, you know, because jobs situation shifted, you know, sometimes, um, you know, companies downsize or whatever, and they find themselves in retirement, they didn't like it. Like, in fact, I would say mm -hmm. more people didn't like it than did like it. You know, to have money and time and no purpose, that's mm -hmm. torture. Mm -hmm. and, but and, there is some and, doubt. Yeah. Like, people will doubt. I doubted. Like, what do I, a high school math teacher, have to offer, no. you know, uh, a church? You know, sure, I, I was involved. I was doing different things. But it was like, could I be a an employee at like, does that transfer? You know, there's that question. You, you have some doubts mm. because yeah. you spend, I spend over 30 years teaching mathematics. Like that's a long time mm. doing the same thing. Right. I'm just going to pull, I'm just going to play this back to you. Ready? Um, you know, I've been fishing a long time and, uh, I like really did. I, could I really follow Jesus? Like, like, <laughs> like he used fishermen, tax collectors, right? Of yes, course he's using absolutely. a teacher. Of course he's yeah. using a pharmaceutical salesman. You know, right. he, with a yes, he can do anything. Full yes, stop. True. Like, I love the fact that grace builds on nature. And what I'm hearing mm. in you, and this is key for people to hear from both sides. So I'm glad you just said that, Colleen. I appreciate your honesty. But um, if we're building our nature professionally in our skill sets and it's going to lead to something. I remember my mom saying to me years ago when I was probably in my late twenties or mid twenties, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I'm just really struggling. And, and she said, Ron, don't worry about it. Stay close to Jesus. Take mm -hmm. advantage of the opportunities to educate yourself and grow because every time you learn a new skill set, it's, she said, it's like having a, uh, an, uh, a warehouse behind you. And every time you learn something new, you're putting a piece of inventory in your warehouse. You said, you might not know where this is all leading, but God does. And yeah. so if you continue to invest in yourself, continue to grow. God has a purpose and a call on your life. It's going to become clear. You don't have to worry about it, but you are responsible to educate yourself and grow. And so my gosh, mm -hmm. the fact that 
somebody like you could even doubt for a second your impact in a church. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my God, you got to be kidding because I just see you're just so passionate. You love Jesus so much. You love the church so much. Right. You're a gifted yeah. human being. You're very intelligent. It's like if people like you don't lay themselves down at the service of the church, we're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it seems crazy at 55 just to stop doing, mm. you know, um, right. you know, partly, uh, like I said, I, I've always had volunteeritis, but I just wanted to, um, it's kind of, it's a funny, I was listening to your intro, you know, it's like that impact. You want to make an impact. You want your life to yeah. matter. You want to, um, you want, God has given you this life and you want it, you want to, you want to exhaust it right? Like you want to, you don't want to have left anything on the table, right? Like I want to get there and say, did you use everything I gave you? And I want to say, I like wore it out, you know, like that's, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. Ask me in another 10 years. Right. (laughs) I'll come back. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I, my, here's my prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to schedule the podcast in for 10 years from now. We're going to have a reunion. I bet you'll be just as passionate in 10 years as you are now. I have no doubt of that whatsoever. Yeah. That's so, so beautiful. And so what advice would you have for priests who Mm. maybe find like, geez, you know, I'm, don't know. I don't really have any key people and not sure Mm. what to do. And I'm too busy. Like what, what advice would you have to them? Yeah. It's such a, I mean, it's an ongoing issue, even here where we have volunteers Mm -hmm. we still don't, there's never enough workers in the vineyard. It seems like, um, but ideally it's, it's seeing those people who have a heart to serve the Lord, you know, um, Mm -hmm. that are in front of you first, because there are people Mm -hmm. who are serving. Um, and it's, it's, it's exactly what father Brian did in that he noticed, Mm -hmm. you know, his eyes were open. Um, he saw who was serving, uh, who were his key leaders, uh, and Mm -hmm. then invested in them, which, you know, uh, that's huge. But I think as a staff too, like it's, it's kind of building that culture in the staff to always have eyes for those who are, Mm -hmm. uh, encountering the Lord, who are serving the Lord, who have a heart on fire, um, with the Holy spirit. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then just the funny thing is trusting, trusting God will, you know, we would pray. I remember often we would talk about, um, let's pray that God sends people pray that God sends people. I just to think, you know, it, 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 it always works. I don't know. Like you doubt it for a little while and then God does it. Right. And so it's like, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? And, uh, so praying, um, having eyes to see, and then just Mm -hmm. making sure you have a culture built up that people are building into the next leader. Right. And, uh, Mm -hmm. because you never know who's going to be that person who is going to serve their whole life, you know, um, and where that'll go. And plus I think putting it, this was something I didn't appreciate when I first come on as, as Mm -hmm. uh, unpaid staff. I was a little bit like, yeah, don't, don't tell people I'm unpaid staff. I don't want to get like uh, people going, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so wonderful. You're so great. Or, you know, doing this. And I thought like, And then it was actually, um, father Eve, the associate pastor Mm -hmm. here who said to me, like, you, you got to get over that. 
<laughs> you gotta because uh because um people need to see what God is doing, right? Amen. And and yeah. and and it's a witness. It's a witness to how you can serve the Lord. And and we need to put that before people. And and funny enough, Ron, it was a week before you asked me to come talk about that very thing. We had this yeah. conversation. So God had cued me up. He's like, no, Colleen, don't don't hide your lamp under a bushel basket, right? Wow. Um, and then a week later, you say to me, why don't you come talk to me about that? And I thought, <laughs> oh, God, you are so funny. Like, <laughs> like, you know, he always lets me know when my thinking's not his thinking. So, yeah. Oh, that's such a good story. Yeah. That is such a good story because I think it is such a witness. And, and my time on staff at St. Benedict, we too had some people who are volunteer staff and uh, they were such an important part of our team. Like it was so fun because mm -hmm. to your point, they were so committed. I heard it said one time, and I just love this, that people would do well to have three conversions, a conversion to Jesus, a conversion to his church and a conversion to its mission. That's right. And yeah. you don't have to be a volunteer staff to do that. I'm not saying that, but, but no, I guess no. the point is it was so fun for me to see these two women that, that worked in that role, mm -hmm. um, they were such dynamite disciples. Like they were great mm -hmm. human beings. Like I loved their faith. They inspired me. Mm -hmm. And for them to come on staff and then we could invest in them like we invest in everybody mm -hmm. else. It was so fun. They made us so much richer. And, you know, every church that I've ever coached, they all have limited resources. It's not like they're all funded by Bill Gates or something. And, and, and you know, so we all, there's always this tension between funding the mission and, and stewarding the resources we have. And we always have more opportunities than resources. And, and when, you know, when we get to partner with people who thankfully, thanks be to God, have had a good career and do have the means to continue to live and, and, and feed themselves and enjoy the things that they want to enjoy and have this time and energy and purpose that they can bring skills that they can bring to this purpose, I should say. It's just magic. Yeah, I was thinking um, when you talked about the the two staff at unpaid staff or, or volunteers at St. Benedict, either mm -hmm. way, um, one thing that really struck me as you were talking about, because you were saying how they, they, they brought so much to the table, um, it goes back to your question about um, what would you uh, um, share with pastors? And mm -hmm. one of the things that struck me in that, when you were feeding that back to me is um, if you delegate responsibility with authority, um, then, um, there's ownership, right? Mm -hmm. If you bring someone on and you just give them responsibilities, but they have to run back and check, Oh, can I do this? Uh, am I okay to move ahead? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. um, then they, they don't feel the ownership of the mission. And so, Amen. I think that's something that was done well here when I was onboarded was I was given responsibility, but also authority, um, mm. you know, and, and so I found that empowering for, for right. um, moving forward. So, so, and I think it's not just with unpaid staff, but I think with many of your key leaders, right. But that's that, right. Staff that, that or, or not. I didn't want to come in and be constantly doing um, somebody else's bidding. Like Mac Lake, uh, uh, actually, I, it's funny. I was just kind of skimming before, and he had a he, he had a 
something he said here. He said, leadership development loses its potency when I am only focused on getting people to do what I want them to do rather than helping them maximize their abilities and understand themselves. And so oh. it's so good, eh? I know you're going to okay, read the book, just, <laughs> Right. It's, that's so good. I hope, I hope somebody tweets that out, like, or whatever yeah. social yeah. media, like that's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, oh, I just need people so that, you know, they call that the genius leader. Like I'm the genius and I just need a hundred helpers. It's mm -hmm. like, no, like you, most people do lead like that in the church and probably not intentionally. They've just never given another model. But what, what you're talking about is empowering key people to live mm -hmm. out the call that God has in their life 100%. in collaboration to bring a vision to life. And that's a different thing. And that's a different set of skills, mm -hmm. isn't it? Than just being mm -hmm. the genius leader that, you know. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's gosh, just not gathering people to do tasky things. It's 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 seeing leaders and investing in them and giving them authority and 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 letting them um mm. bring everything to the table. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's exactly the type of work I try to do with pastors and their teams mm -hmm. is, you know, because sometimes, you know, clericalism isn't just for ordained people, like sometimes people get hired and or are just key volunteers and they're just like, they, they can live out clericalism too. Basically, <laughs> I'm the religious person. I'll do all the work and your job is to clap and tell me how good I am. It's like, not helpful, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's no. like, no, it's like, we're in this together. We, yeah. God's calling us to have a movement of love and grace in our area. That mm. doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, yeah. how are we going to do that? We're, we're not going to do it by just giving and barking out orders. It's going to be sharing vision and calling people to do what God's calling them to do. And it's and just it's too, so exciting, it's too isn't fun it, when we get it right. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Really that's is. what I'm saying. It's so fun. Like, uh, who would like, I, and that's the thing. I have friends who say, ah, you're going to come back and substitute teach or whatever. I'm like, no. I got something better, <laughs> you right. know, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm on God's team. And, and I mean, you are in, in every day, even in your own career, but to, to go to retirement and, you know, it's funny. I went through a retirement seminar and they said, yes. Oh, some people retire and it, it's, it's devastating, right? Yeah. Because they Absolutely don't is. know what, they're going to do after. So, so there was a task in this seminar to make a vision board and cut out pictures and stick it on this board. And I was like, just put Jesus on that board. That was it. That was <laughs> I'm just, yeah. So that was, uh, an easy collage for me. <laughs> Jesus is your A plan. Just do whatever he says. That's it. That's it. It's so easy. And it keeps me out of the malls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good strategy as well. Yeah, and yeah. so, so for these priests, I guess, um, sometimes, and I see this in, in priests sometimes is they don't want to burden people. Like oh, they yeah. take on the weight of ministry to the point where they feel like that weight, that heaviness, mm -hmm. the difficulty, the struggle, the grind of it, that's what they signed up for. And so they very mm -hmm. courageously and heroically live out that perception of it's it's what i signed up for it's my burden and they don't share it and they don't not share it most of the time because they're selfish or that they don't want to mm -hmm. share it it's they think that 
well, you have a busy life. You, you know, teacher, you must be tired. And, and, you know, gosh, you know, now that you're retired, well, you deserve that. And, and so it's almost <laughs> like we, they protect yeah. everybody from mm-hmm. sharing the responsibility of creating a movement of grace that makes no sense. It's like they do it themselves and it, mm-hmm. it grinds them down. And so mm-hmm. what are your, what are your thoughts on that position of, I don't want to burden anybody? Like, did you feel burdened when you were asked and invited to? Um, yeah. And I've seen that. I've even seen mm-hmm. that in leaders as well as, as pastors or priests or clergy, True. um, who don't, I don't want to ask it, you know, they're busy. Um, uh, you know, I would say that the, what happened and why it worked so well, um, in this case for me was that, um, father Brian was very good at ensuring that a no was an acceptable and in fact, loving answer. And so I never, um, felt that I was letting him down or I was letting the church down. I, I, there was no guilt attached to any ask. It was always, you know, um, a very, you know, I know you're serving. I am so thankful what God has called you to. Will you discern, will you discern the idea of, you know, and, and if you don't feel what that is, what God is calling you to, then I don't want to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as well as, um, just being very careful, uh, because I'm a bit of a hungry, like if you think of hungry, humble, smart, I'm, I'm like the hungry on steroids. Like I'm a little bit, yeah, (laughs) yeah, a little driven. So one of the things he did do with this job was he put parameters in place and it was, um, a 17 and a half hour a week. And he was very Mm -hmm. good at holding me to that. No Friday and Mm -hmm. Monday you're off. I don't need to see you here. I don't want to see you here. Like this is take that time. There are other things. And I, and I had prayed about that. My parents are still both living and I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure I had time to see them weekly. Um, I, I also have family that I wanted to invest more time with, um, and, and do some fun things for myself as well. And so Amen. he was good to hold me accountable to not being over hungry. Right. Um, so, so, wow. um, but I would say, you know, <laughs> there was a, a, I saw in a staff room, uh, photocopy room one time and said, if you want a volunteer, ask someone who's busy and, right. <laughs> They tend to be the ones who have a heart for it. And, um, Mm. and they'll say no, they will. If you give them permission, like put that permission, don't say no no for them. Don't say no for them. No. And, and, and you say he didn't bring any guilt with that. Is he Catholic? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The whole Catholic guilt. I'm just, I know it's Um, true. But, but I'm glad you caught me. You caught me on something really important. I'm so glad you did. You said, Ron, it's not just clergy. That's staff too. Staff can take all that on and be mm-hmm. afraid to ask busy, competent people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they feel that's what they've been they're getting so glad paid you caught me even? on. It's so true. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They think, well, I'm yeah. paid to do this, so I'm going to carry mm-hmm. a big load. But, but, yeah. um, but ultimately if they, if we convert everybody to leaders of leaders, then, mm-hmm. you know, we, we build, we build yeah. more army for the kingdom, you know? Amen. And I know for myself, like I volunteered at the church in heavy, heavy ways Mm -hmm. for 
10 to 15 years before I ever was invited by Father James to come on board part time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I was happy to do it. I didn't do it for money. I did it because yeah. God loves yeah. me and I love him and I love the church. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to use them. So, and we had small kids at the time and they were in soccer yeah. and hockey and dance. And so it was really busy. Yeah. <laughs> I was really busy. Mm-hmm. And who cares? I love Jesus. I love the church. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm going to give back. Of course, I'm going to commit. And yeah. so, yeah, don't, if you're a, a, a staff person or a key volunteer or a clergy, don't never be afraid to ask a busy person and give them the freedom to say no. No is mm-hmm. a loving answer as well. That's so mm-hmm. well said. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the person, Colleen, as we kind of wrap up, what mm-hmm. would you say to the person who is approaching retirement or maybe has retired and mm-hmm. just isn't finding retirement quite as fulfilling and or mm-hmm. is kind of nervous about retirement? What would you say to them in terms of their discernment and the church? Yeah, I, I, I would, you know, first of all, it's awesome. Thanks <laughs> serving the Lord. So I, I, I. I thank God every day, even the hard days. Like I'm like, it thanks Lord. You know, it was kind of a crappy day, but thanks anyways. <laughs> but, um, I, I would say really take it to prayer, take it to yeah. prayer. And, um, and just what is it that God has uniquely gifted you with? That Mm. you can bring, because I think so often we think, oh, I'm going to go volunteer at the church and, um, and, and, and they, they think of the one thing that is not in their giftedness. So for me, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to end up having to like enter data or something, which is like, you know, where, but there's other people who person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's other people who would say, oh, I don't want to have to like, um, run a staff meeting, but gosh, mm. I would love to organize somebody's file and have them all organized. Like, you know, yeah. and, and they, that would be like, they would love to just, they're those, those Cause they're people good organize and yes, they do it well, yeah. not me. Yeah. But <laughs> so I think yeah. God has uniquely gifted you with something and we all have, um, you know, it's that whole thing, like mm. the, the hand can't do with the foot can do and the foot can't do what the hand can do but Amen. together you know um we can it's it's mother teresa like she says together we can all do you know we can all mm-hmm. serve the lord well and so that's what i had to really ponder was mm-hmm. what has god uniquely given me a heart for gives me joy mm-hmm. and can serve the church and how how is that and then have conversations have conversations yes. with, with, uh, maybe it is a leader at your church, or maybe mm. it's, um, maybe it's a, you're confided in a friend who, who also journey is, mm. is running that race, um, towards Christ, you know, or have that conversation. It, I know pastors are very busy, but, um, you know, it, it could be even after uh, mass someday you're walking out and say like, Hey father, I really feel the Lord is calling me to serve mm. somehow. And that sparks that conversation. And it gives him uh, the eyes to see that hmm, maybe this person might be worth journeying or putting in touch with another one of my leaders so they can journey with. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and if they I'll don't get you, back to you, you'll never regret it. 
<laughs> right? It's true. It's so exciting. And sometimes people just, I just want to say this too, because yeah. sometimes people find themselves so busy or they are disorganized or they're not good at getting back at people. And so if you put yeah. yourself out there and they don't respond, it's probably not because of you or no. they probably has gotten fallen through the cracks. So don't give up mm. on these people. Mm -hmm. um, I coach a lot of churches where this happens mm -hmm. all the time. Frustrates the daylights out of me. It's like, oh my gosh, they put themselves out there and you didn't follow up. Are you crazy? That's a tough but one. It's because yeah, it is a tough one. So, but mm -hmm. I just want to say, don't give up. If, if, if you've kind of hinted or said some things and like, don't give up, like, don't give up. If God's calling you to serve, then keep reaching out until you have those conversations. If people want to get in touch with you, Colleen, or check out what's going on at your church, how could they do that? Okay. Well, um, we do have a website. We're holy trinity ns dot ca. And okay. uh, so you can go to our website and connect with us there, or you can um certainly uh call the parish office here as well if you're if you're rather dial up uh, kind of person then it's 86902-865-2112 and my extension which i have to look over there 109 is my extension uh, or um you can just send me an email my email is colleen at holytrinityns.ca and That's so, um, yeah, and I'd love to chat, uh, even if you're thinking about like, I might want to volunteer at my want to might want to come out and serve at my church. And, and how yeah. did you go through that? I'd love to have that conversation. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And and also for pastors to touch base with oh, Colleen 100%. as well. Right. Like it's just so good. Yeah. Colleen, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for what you're doing to build a church. You're an amazing woman with so much, so many gifts and so much passion. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for what you're doing, Ron, because I love bringing leadership stuff to the forefront. So uh, I think uh, what you're doing is an awesome service to many of us who are trying to find time. And a podcast is a quick way to to load up some input. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get inspired again. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 So thanks so much. Uh, it was great to be here. You're welcome. And so for all of you that have been listening, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please give a thumbs up, share, rate the podcast, whatever works. That would be so helpful. Head over to our website. We're starting to make some slight changes to things, our brand and stuff. Love to get your feedback on that. Um, thank you so much for what you do at your local church, at your business to glorify God and to be fruitful. We'll see you next time. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.